now present the concluding episodes of Afloat with Henry Morgan. Under arrest for what? Buccaneering. I gave you warning. Fair warning, morning. <laughs> A pipsqueak like you putting me under arrest? <laughs> Nonsense, forget it to Thomas. And take your share of the plunder. You still won't believe me. Why should I believe you? Why, my men would sack Port Royal, burn it to the ground. I foresaw that, Captain Morgan. When I heard that your fleet had entered the harbor of Port Royal, I gave orders to the militia to take charge of your ships the moment they entered Port Royal. I know you've been on a buccaneering trip, but I must admit I didn't know that you'd have the audacity to attack the city of Panama. Attack and sack it. Out of your own mouth, you've admitted to an act of buccaneering. That's why I have Hunter here in the room. He can bear witness to your utterances. But, Sir Thomas, you can't mean it. You're not going to arrest Captain Morgan. He's your friend. And, in a sense, your partner. I have no choice. First and foremost, I'm the governor of Jamaica, subservient to the king's wishes. I've had orders to suppress the buccaneers. And Captain Morgan is the leader of them. All right, take me. Hang me. But you'll never wipe them out. You don't know how to do it. They'll thumb their noses at you. Possibly band together and sack the city of Port Royal. Uh, I sincerely regret having to do this to you, Morgan. I tried to warn you. Regret? Huh. All you think of is your own skin. Uh, you're just as guilty as I am. Haven't you always shared in my loot? That was yesterday. We're now dealing with today. I always knew that you were not to be trusted, Sir Thomas. I had a feeling that this might come to pass. What is to be my fate? You'll be sent to England. There you will stand trial. Sir Thomas, you can't do this. I'm carrying out the king's command. But, Sir Thomas... Take it not too hard, lad. Such is the fate of all buccaneers. are getting colder, Antoinette. Yes. And every day brings us closer to England and makes me feel much better in health. When we reach England, will I be seeing you again? I do not know. I possibly might return to France. Do you want to? Oh, look, Jeffrey. An albatross following the ship. Antoinette, for four months you've been with me constantly. And every time I try to talk to you, you build a, you build a wall around yourself. You shut yourself away in an ivory castle. Won't you let down the drawbridge and allow me to cross? Geoffrey, I... What is it, Antoinette? Are you so blind that you can't see how much these last few months have meant to me? Months in which I have regained my strength and have your companionship. Why can't I talk about it to you? Because, Geoffrey... Because... Because what? Let's discuss this barrier which is there and break it down and trample it away. I don't know what it is that has put it there. You must, surely. Open out and talk to me, Antoinette. Then when we'll fresh things up between us. Oh, oh, let's forget this conversation. I... I want to tell you that I love you. 
that is why we cannot talk about it. You do not love me, Jeffrey. But I love you. Now, excuse me. I must go into my cabin. Antoinette, no. You love me. Then there is no barrier between us because I love you. No, Jeffrey. You see, those days when you were ill, when we were at Cuba, I talked about you a lot with Kitty. Kitty? Yes. I knew that you two were very much in love with each other. You're just trying to forget Kitty and me. Then that is what has been trouble. But, Antoinette, you're so wrong. I was never in love with Kitty. Not really in love. But Kitty, she told me. I know, I believe Kitty was very deeply in love with me. But I didn't return that sort of love. I held her in great affection. She meant a lot to me. But I wasn't in love with her. I was never in love with anyone. Until I fell in love with you. Oh, Jeffrey. And all these months, I, I thought you were just seeking my company because you were trying to forget about Kitty. No, no, Antoinette. It, it couldn't have been. And I have been so miserable about falling in love with you because I didn't want you, Jeffrey, unless you were all mine. I didn't want you if there was going to be a shadow between us, a shadow of a woman who was dead. It would be too hard to love a man who was in love with a memory. The only memory I will ever be in love with is the memory of the moments I've spent with you. Long now, Hunter, before we reach England. No, Captain Morgan. It's a long time since I saw the White Cliffs of Dover. I must be quite an important person to be brought home to be hanged in England. They could quite easily have hanged me in Jamaica. Please don't talk like that. And why not? That's exactly what's going to happen to me. They'll hang me as high as the masthead. Still, the man of my bulk should not take long to die. No, Hunter. It's a funny thing. I never believed my days would end at the end of a hangman's rope. Of course, I should have realized it, but never believed it. I always had a little inner thought that fate had another end for me tucked up her sleeve. It's foolish, I suppose, Hunter, to get those impressions. Don't talk like this, Captain. It distresses me. Of course, there are many things I've got to be thankful for. They've given me freedom of the ship. Perhaps they think that I should jump overboard then if I were to do so. It would save the hangman the task. He could have thrown me into irons, thrown me into the darkest hole. But I won't abuse their kindness. What are your plans, Hunter? Antoinette de Lacey and I are going to be married. Are you now? Glad to hear it. You two should both be very happy been through a lot of trials together. I believe we shall be. Never had much time for marriage myself. You see, mine was a mistake. I'm afraid I've not brought my good wife much company or comfort. It's not very nice for any woman to know that her husband dies at the end of a hangman's rope. However, you're different. 
You've had your fling. I want no more roaming. You know, Hunter, the disposal of something has been worrying me. And you've given me the solution. I carry it here in my pocket. Here you are. Take it and do what you will with it. Yes, Jack Mackler. In the short time I've known of its existence, it's brought death, unhappiness, and destruction. I wonder if it has done all that down through the ages, ever since hands long since turned to dust fashion. Something we'll never know. It's beautiful. But then lots of evil things are beautiful. What are you doing, man? I've done it. Thrown it overboard. Well, it what it can do no more harm. I think, Captain Morgan, we're all better off without it. You know, Hunter, I've been wanting to throw it into the sea ever since we left Port Royal. But I never had the courage to do it. Never did like the waste of wealth. Antoinette? Very happy. The last six months have gone like a dream. You've never regretted marrying me? Never for a moment. But sometimes I think, Jeffrey, you might have some regrets. Regrets? What talk is this for a bride of six months? You seem so far away at times, as though you have forgotten I even exist. Do you regret very much, Jeffrey, giving up your roving days? Sweetheart, it's not that. It's it's six months since we landed. Six months Henry Morgan's been lying in jail and never a word from him. He was my friend, Antoinette. Yes, I know. I should have realized you were worrying about him. Is there anything I can do? Nobody can do anything. What must he be feeling lying there in jail, waiting there for a verdict which in his heart he already knows? If they are going to hang him for his crimes, why don't they do it? Why do they torture him? That's what I think. If only they'd let me see him. I've, I've tried, but they won't let me see him. Mr. Jeffrey, I have a message for you. There's someone with news of Captain Morgan. Well, show him in. There's no need to. The message is here already. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey and Antoinette. Captain Morgan, free! <laughs> free and alive, Hunter. Free and alive. I told Hero that he was not to let on who had arrived. <laughs> it gave you a bit of a surprise, eh? Free, but that was wonderful news to hear, Captain Morgan. I've been so worried about you. I tried to see you. I know. I told you, Hunter, that I thought fate had a surprise for me. You won't believe me when I tell you what has happened. Sir Thomas Motford has been recalled because he accepted part of my loot. They don't think that Sir Thomas is worthy to be a governor. Oh, poor Sir Thomas. <laughs> he won't mind. He's made a pile. But here is a joke. I've been to see the king. The king? King Charles himself was gracious enough to grant me an audience. Me! <laughs> he laid his sword upon my shoulder and said, Arise, Sir Henry Morgan. Sir Henry Morgan? That's right. And Hunter, that's not all. His Majesty told me he had failed to put down the buccaneers in the Caribbean Sea, and upon deep consideration... The only person capable of undertaking such a job was Henry Morgan himself. You? Aye, that's right. You see, I'm returning to Jamaica, Sir Henry Morgan, governor of Jamaica, going with the express mission to stamp out the buccaneers. And, my lad, let the first buccaneer who crosses my path beware. 
He won't be sent home to England to get a knighthood or a governorship. Oh, no. I'll string him up in Port Royal. And so concludes A Float with Henry Morgan, written for radio by Warren Barry and a George Edwards production.